Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So how much do you think about Anshin's Row? Well, I think about ancient Rome all of the time. Uh, it, it, it's one of the most interesting memes to have um, hit society recently. Um, the, the, certainly all the people I talk to, because many are Roman historians, um, uh, are, are amused and, 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 and laughing about it. Yeah, they, they think about it all the time. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> okay, then, of course, this week we are going to make an extra episode, which is the first time for this podcast that we're publishing two episodes this week. We published today one episode on the recording on Thursday, an episode about the Euromaidan revolution, which you absolutely should check out as well. And this week on, Saturday, on the Tower Race on Saturday, while the meme is still fresh, we are going to talk about ancient Rome and why people think so much about ancient Rome. And this is a meme that came out this week and of course we are going to join the bandwagon and talking about what how it came to be so how did this meme come you wanted to talk about how this meme came about so what how did this mean how much do you think about ancient from from about it's quite interesting because um although it's something that everyone's been talking about for the last fortnight it seems to have kicked off um about a year ago uh, it was started by a Swedish influencer called Sastia Court uh, in September last year on Instagram. Um, she um, asked her followers to ask their male partners and friends how often they thought about the Roman Empire. You know, three or four times a month, every couple of days, at least once a day. That was the um, that was the answer, and it was a kind of brief flurry there for for, for a little while, but it was then picked up um, in August this year um, by a Roman reenactor called Gaius Flavius, and it made its way to TikTok. And there the meme exploded. Um, just before we started recording, I wanted to see how many um, uh, videos there were uh, to it. And there are 1.2 billion hits. Holy moly. To the hashtag <laughs> an empire on TikTok. It's one of the most popular video memes that, that, that we've ever seen. Indeed, and we are going to talk about this day, today. And if you're looking up on the bookshelf, on the top shelf, you might see that I do think indeed I look quite a lot about the Roman Empire. And personally, I'm about to finish Plutarch Volume 2, which I've much preferred over Volume 1, I must be honest, I, today on the other book, and I'm about to finish another book on the Romans. So I do think you know, quite a lot about the Roman Empire myself. And I, of course, let's begin with the... Uh, I want to do a little twist on this. How much did the Romans think about the Roman Empire? That's a very good question. Um, uh, it was used um, fairly early on um, as propaganda. 
Um, I mean, if you look at, just read the Aeneid, uh, I mean, I always dismiss the Aeneid as Homer fanfic, but um, there, was, there was a lot of kind of political statements within there. Um, the, 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 and you get a sense of what not just Augustus wanted to talk about the Roman Empire, um, but what Romans themselves then began to think about it. So this idea that, that the world was theirs for the taking, that they could um, rule in different countries around the world, that they could rule different legions. Um, and you start to see it in an awful lot of poetry, that you start to um, um, talk about the savage Scots and you start to talk about um, uh, the Arab countries. They were fairly um, aware from a fairly early age that, that, that this was um, what they were born to do. You know, the Roman Empire... The, Obviously, there there was um, marketing to it. I mean, imperial marketing, but but they were fairly assured that uh, the world was theirs. And of course, as it's just in most scholar scholarly books today, they don't really use the term the Roman Empire. They use the term Respublica, which they call themselves as well at the time. Well, I, I think that that encompasses it helps you encompass a longer period um, because I mean there wasn't an empire. I mean I'm talking to you from from the UK. Um, there wasn't an empire when Julius Caesar first made it um, to Britain um, by having raised publica and having it from an earlier state. I think you get a sense of uh, 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 of longevity. Um, and 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 space. I mean, if you do think about the Roman Empire, and uh, I mean, jokes aside, um, many of us who who are involved in it in any way spend an awful time thinking about it. Uh, this was pre-internet. Um, communications could take a very very long time, but the Roman Empire did manage to extend from um you know north of scotland um down to sort of parts of india that that that's a long way and imagine the disney must have taken the travel that way if you chose to do so and and travel from the north of scotland in those times where roads were unsafe the, I mean, the roads were pretty good that's in the roman standards of course but still it was dangerous with travel if you were chosen to travel let's say from north of scotland to part to the end of the roman empire on the other side there's also a cultural shock that comes in with it. Um, I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about Roman Scotland. Um, many of the soldiers and many of the commanders who were here came from North Africa. Yeah. It's something that as a scholar, you, you would write without thinking too much about it. But the, to go from somewhere like Carthage with the climate and the culture and the food um, and suddenly you're based in um, uh, Scotland where it's rainy, it's not especially sunny, where everyone's hostile. That, that That's a bit of a shock to the system. But where it speaks to the, to, to the positive um, uh, nature of, of, of how the Roman, the mechanics of the Roman Empire is, um, I, I remember when... Um, uh, reports were starting to emerge of uh, Roman latrines in northern Germany, and they found uh, pepper uh, in amongst the residue. Now, think for a moment where that pepper must have come from. The Roman Empire must have had the logistics to go from India to Italy 
to Germany and and then out to the legionary camps. I mean, it wasn't uh, especially luxurious. I mean, it was obviously high end. But it's interesting that the 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 the, the food connections, that the logistics worked. It's so exciting to see that 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 happen. And it's just got to show how strong the Silk Road were back then as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I want to begin actually with the fall of the Roman Empire, because even after the fall, a lot of men, I mean, I'm not going to talk too long about this, but everyone wanted to become the new Roman Empire. Even the Germans who spent most of the time fighting the Roman Empire thought that, hey, the Romans were pretty cool after all, let's create a holy Roman Empire which were, according to Voltaire, neither holy nor Roman. And of course, they had the Byzantine Empire in the East, which in my view is very much the true, quote-unquote, Roman Empire since Constantine in 330. He didn't change capital to Constantinople. But everyone in medieval times wanted to become Roman Roman Empire. So even in the medieval era, people didn't think quite a lot about the Roman Empire as well. I, I think that's one of the reasons why this meme has taken off uh, quite as much as it has. I mean, there, 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 there is a. Uh, it is popular, of course, because it's silly. Um, you've got this conspiracy theory that, that that men have been hiding from women that they they're all obsessed about the Roman Empire. Um, it's fun. Um, and it fits into the world where you have a media which says, you know, 10 things you didn't know about your husband liking the Roman Empire. Number seven will shock mm-hmm. you. I mean, it's that, it's that kind of media yeah. thing into that, that, that is silly. But, but there's a more serious point to it as well. Um, you, you talked about the, 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 the fall of the Roman Empire. And, and I was thinking about that this week because the meme was um, echoed. Um, in the right-wing press in the UK because um, uh, it panders to the right-wing's obsessions with immigration. Um, As as I mentioned, this article was specifically linking uh, immigration caused the fall of the Roman Empire, and that was linked to the... Not according to Gibbon, it didn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. Um, but many people do make that case, and that argument was being linked to um, the difficulties that you saw in Lampedusa and the the perennial British uh, and, to an extent, European, uh, I- Italian debate about uh, immigration and where we should go and, 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 and how to do it. Um, but there's a more serious point here as well. Um, it's this joke in um, the Monty Python and the Life of Brian. You know what have the Romans ever given us? Um, well, they've given us paper, yeah. they've given us laws, and 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 everything else. Um, but to put that for one side, the Romans did give us that. Um, if you walk into the centre, apart of from it, that, what else did they give us? It, well, exactly. <laughs> the centre of almost any European city that I can think of, and many American ones as well, and Australian ones as well, um, you will see a neoclassical building. It will probably be the town hall or the law courts or something. I mean, sorry so, to interrupt you again, but the Washington DC and the, the capital is very much inspired by Roman architecture as well. No, you're absolutely right. 
And because it's in your face every day, it's not a huge surprise that the 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 that people are thinking um a lot about it. It's um it's everywhere. It, 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 it's the, the the Roman heritage is in almost every element of um, daily life. So let's talk about you know how a legacy of the Roman Empire. We spoke a little bit about it in architecture, but it's not just a legacy of Christianity, and it probably would have come sooner or later. But it came in the in the conversion of Constantine, and he legalized because it wasn't fun to be a Christian in the first two hundred years as we have discussed in this podcast before, I think. But still, in, with Christianity becoming a huge influence, of course, as we see in the medieval era, and uh, even today, Christianity is a part of the Roman legacy as well. You can see it so sort of very directly in Britain, with Britain's second house, the, 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 the House of Lords. The House of Commons is where MPs sit. The House of Lords is, 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 is the upper house. Now, a number of seats there are reserved for bishops. Um, the idea that the, 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 the religious um, people could have any impact on laws or the running of the country was something very specifically brought about by Theodosius. Mm-hmm. Um, it hadn't especially happened before. And, and the, you have small things like that, small reminders every day that there is a direct connection. There's a direct link back to the Roman era. And of course, and speaking of legacy, in the Romans languages as well, they are derived from Latin as well. So you see, the Roman Empire is still with us very much so to this present day. Well, you, you see it um, most clearly, I think, in 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 Italian, which is 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 very close linguistically to to Latin. Um, but then if you start to think about the connections between uh, Italian and Spanish, you realize that um, I mean, some people describe Spanish as the um, um, Roman military bastardized Latin, and that's what it's become. Uh, and, and as you said, most European languages, or certainly Southern European languages, have very, very, very strong um, Roman content. Romanian it, even is probably as well one of the closest languages to Latin, as from what I understand. No, you're absolutely right. Um, where I think it becomes interesting is in uh, more northern European countries, so from Germany northwards, mm. where you have this mixture of uh, Germanic languages and uh, Latin. And then where you come to English, which is uh, a free-for-all of anything that, w- that, that was left over. So, of course, media and fiction is one of very popular among, of course, in set in Rome, as I said, in the Roman Empire, as we see today. And one of the most popular fictional, I do think, is the classic I, Claudius, of course, which tells the story of Claudius and how he, and of course where Livia, Livia is killing every, everyone. So let's talk about I, Claudius for a second, how this fictional book, of course, impacted this, the Roman Roman legacy. It, 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 it's, it's very appropriate that you raise that question because it has just started being shown again on uh, British television. Um, I, I, I've always been incredibly fond of the series because uh, it was repeated in the UK when I was about 11 or 12. 
um, uh, and sort of studying Latin and history at school. And uh, it was a huge driver um, to, to, to become more involved in, 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 in the Roman world. Um, but more broadly, that entire uh, type of filming, um, again, is another legacy. There's almost not... Uh, a male over the age of um, 35 who doesn't say, my name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix mm-hmm. League, and a loyal uh, servant of the true emperor, father to a murdered son, husband to yeah. a murdered wife, and so on. Everybody knows it, and it's come, become incredibly popular. Um, it, it, it's interesting. Are you not entertained as well? <laughs> Exactly. It's it, it's moved beyond something specialist to popular culture. Mm-hmm. And um, I find it very interesting with I, Claudius, and I've been enjoying the 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 uh, well, repeats watching it again. And uh, I've been watching it with my children. Um, but there, there, there is another series on at uh, the moment um, uh, on uh, one of the channels called Domina. Which is which is focused just on the life of Livia, and essentially they they took I Claudius as uh, a starting point and wanted to look at how did Livia become Livia uh, as, as we saw her. It's these permanent connections, and they keep evolving, and they keep breeding more and more culture. And of course, one of the running jokes in. Roman media in the, sorry with Rome in media is of course that them Romans speak English and of course since I know you haven't seen the series because and uh, with the second season of Barbarians wasn't that good but still you gotta respect that even though they don't speak British the Romans there they actually took the language to speak Latin or try to some extent to speak Latin with the Romans even though it may not be entirely correct because these are actors not historians or have a degree with Latin. Still, you got to respect and finally we have a series where Romans actually speak Latin and not English or the German as there was, it's a, it's a, it is a German series. There was a brilliant comedy series, uh, very underrated in the late 80s in the UK called Chelmsford 123, which was uh, about the Roman invasion of, of the UK. And the entire first episode was spoken in Latin. Um, and uh, when the characters finally land in the UK, they turn to each other and say, oh, we're in we're in Britain now. We should speak this ridiculous language called English. And then and, and all of the dialogue swaps to um, uh, swaps to 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 English. Um, it's very schoolboy Latin. It's very funny Latin, and there are some good jokes that that make sense um, if you know English and Latin. Uh, the, the first episode is certainly worth um, looking out. Mm, uh, sorry, sorry, my camera slipped out for a second. But yeah, another one I want to bring up is, of course, one of my favorite comedians. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about is. Eddie Izzard, of course, who does a brilliant bit about Hannibal and how a 30 minutes conversation is just like five seconds in English. I mean, it's one of my favorite bits that he has done, arguably. Yeah, I'm again hugely fortunate. I was I, I was seeing him live when he did his uh, first time, one of the first times he did his routine about Hannibal um, uh, going over the Alps. 
Um, and and the 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 lovely bit about well, has anyone checked that that elephants isn't just yeah. Latin for skis? Uh, <laughs> it's the 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 late eighties began and early nineties began to see quite a lot of people playing with the idea of of Latin as a, as as a popular subject. But again, to bring back to to the point that we had at the beginning. This is why the meme of the Roman Empire is uh, not remotely surprising. It's with us in popular culture. It's with us in architecture. It's with us in in how we built up our societies. It's there all the time. I think almost the bigger question is, um, why are you not thinking about the Roman Empire? Mm. There was one BBC. I was going to try to find it, actually. Um, Let's see if I can play it. I don't know if copyrights... Uh, maybe not should do that because copyright. There was a BBC report, and I don't know if you've seen this on Instagram, uh, where I actually saw that the guy was they did not know even what the Roman Empire was when his girlfriend asked him, and I, I don't even know what the Roman Empire is. So somebody clearly has not been paying attention in school. I see. It's an interesting. Um, I, I hadn't seen that one, and I, I think it is also worth mentioning some of the problems with this phenomenon uh, at least acknowledging them um even if we can't do anything about it um that it seems to be a very male obsession or rather it's being presented as a, a very male obsession um my, my, my i obviously i know lots of um very 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 talented um female classicists and they're slightly excluded um uh from this and i i think mary beard um, yeah made some comment about this as well the other problem which hasn't been acknowledged as much is is it seems to be a very white um phenomenon it it, it it's not uh as inclusive as as some of the other memes that that that, that have been it seems to be very targeted at um you know white middle class men um i, th- I thought i'd m- mention that because it it, it, it should be acknowledged yeah. that these memes uh of course they're funny and of course they're silly but uh it's not all encompassing hmm. and speaking of the latin language as well i want to bring that even in of course in medieval and i'm going, going back to the medieval era and in court that latin was the language they spoke up until the early modern ages uh, latin of course was the language of the court medieval court and even of course in the vatican as well latin is the language of you know the of the of the Vatican, so if Latin language is clear, it's still very much with us, even if it is a dead language, quote unquote. We still have new words for it as well that comes in Latin when new discoveries present. And I don't know if it is because it's done cooler in Latin, but you know, still it is very much with us to this present day and in the medieval era as well. Well, you still see the heritage um, in 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 British law. Um, uh, it may have changed more recently, but certainly twenty years ago, you had to study. You had to have studied Latin at school before you were allowed to take um, a, a law degree. And the, 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 there is still a presumption um, uh, in in a lot of law that 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 you at least understand Latin terminology. It's it, it's never gone away. And I want to 
talk because this episode is not going to be too long and this is an extra episode that I wanted to publish because of the meme. But let's talk about how, because a lot of people actually talked about Sinter Worship Ancient Rome and how they were so civilized and the architecture, of course, we should to some degree worship Ancient Rome for its legacy and its influence that it had on our history with, of course, as I mentioned, architecture, language, and um, every, their history and, you know, but we shouldn't really not worship them too much because they were quite brutal. It was not a friendly place to live in ancient Rome. It was dangerous. And of course, if you were poor, even worse to live. Ancient Rome was more or less for the rich, which is mostly who we read about in history. And I think that's one of the reasons why we start worshiping so much as we do, because we never read about the poor. And it was for the poor, it was not kind of miserable to be in the world of ancient Rome. I, I agree, but I, I think one of, one of the reasons it's popular is if you talk to anyone who's fantasizing about it, they are uh, not an infantryman, they're, they're probably commander of a, of a legion. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not living in one of the blocks of flats in Rome um, or one of the more sort of horrible areas of a city, they have a nice Roman villa. Um, and and you project yourself back. And I think this goes into any element of um, historical fantasy. You, uh, uh, the, the life of those of, at the bottom of the social scale has always been horrible and it remains horrible to this day. Mm. You, you never fantasize about being at the bottom. You almost always fantasize about being a commander, an emperor, you know, someone with the ear of um, the palace, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think this is something that, that we should um, uh, go into in, 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 in too much detail. Um, but I also don't think anybody wants to go back. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if... Um, uh, if that many people genuinely wanted to go back, I mean, you'd say to them, okay, well, you can't have your paracetamol, for example. Mm. Yes, and of course, there are other medicines and other way, ways round. But uh, and, uh, you could joke and say, well, to anybody under 20, telling them they couldn't have their phone with them, um, you know, there's no Wi-Fi. I, I, I think that would be um, quite difficult. It would be a deal breaker, wouldn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And of course, I'll just talk a little bit about this in the, early on in this episode. But I want to talk a little bit about, about how people did want to come to Roman Empire after they fall as well. And I mentioned this again earlier in this episode. But you know, I, as you know, the Holy Roman Empire it would wanted to become Romans. Britain wanted to become Romans. There's, you know, they they fancy themselves as being there to the Roman Empire. Spanish, the Spaniards wanted to do, and of course, the Byzantines. And even the Ottomans looked at themselves in as the heir of the of the Roman Empire, or and, and actually they were. What I would say they were one of the ones that were closest to the to recreate the Roman Empire. If you look at the map, I would say that the Ottomans kind of were the ones who came closest to recreating the Roman Empire as a Mediterranean power. I think a lot of this is a rubber stamp of approval. Um, the, 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 if you dig into these things in great detail, you know, to what extent, you know, were they 
really the Roman Empire. Um, I mean, Charlemagne in Europe arguably um, did it uh, the most, was particularly successful in doing so. But his direct connection to the Roman Empire was fairly sketchy. It was a fairly long time after the Roman Empire had, in inverted commas, fallen. Mm. What they were doing and uh, was... Um, if I describe myself as Roman and if I present myself as Roman, um, that's the authority that, that I need to uh, take over this city, take over this country, take over the do whatever it is that that, that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see um, some countries still sort of going along these lines, this, this, this idea of historically this belonged to my country. Yeah. Therefore, um, that's given me a rubber stamp to send the army in. And of course, if you don't go that way, that means that Italy has claimed to half of Europe, North Africa and Britain. So I don't know how legitimate that claim really is today, if you look, in the, look at it that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a it, 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 good point. It, it, it's, um, I think everybody wants... Every government wants authority to go and do something, and and this has given them authority to to, to go and do it. Um, again, this comes up semi-regularly, again, in the more right-wing uh, corners of the British press, whenever uh, slavery reparations um, come up, um, you can almost count down before somebody has written to one of the papers and says, in which case I want reparations from Italy for the Roman Empire. I mean, it's it, it it's the, 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 they try and take that argument to uh, what they see as the most absurd example. Mm. And I wanted to end with one thing, because one thing we haven't discussed is the Italians after the fall of the Roman Empire, because they didn't, did not seem to think too much about the Roman Empire after the fall. They were kind of, we've been there, done that we don't need it anymore. Of course, I, up until the Renaissance era, but still, they did not seem to think too much about trying to recreate or reunify Italy, as it would not be reunified until Garibaldi, of course. But still, they did not seem to think too much about the Roman Empire. I think you put your your your, your finger on it exactly. That there was no unified country. The 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 the, the splintering of Italy was so complete. Um, that there was no m- real authority for them to do so. You see an element of that under the papal um, uh, states afterwards, but it didn't really happen. Um, in, in in Europe, I mean, as you said, the Holy Roman Empire took over. And if you want to see a successful sort of European counterpart to the Ottoman Empire, I, th- I think the Habsburg Empire in Austria um, probably ha- has claim to it, and certainly they tried to 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 claim it itself. You know, much of the imagery we know, you know, simply of the eagles and and the um uh, and the architecture, as we've already discussed. And hmm. um, there was one more thing I wanted to add with the, the it- Italy, and that is, of course, uh, Mussolini. But I think this fairly misconception. He didn't. I mean, he of course did not have the power to do so, and he would not even if he tried, it would not have been successfully. But I do not think that he, people said, "Oh, he wanted to recreate the Roman Empire for himself." But that was—I don't think, think that's a fairly common misconception about Mussolini that that was not really his intention to do so. It was very much. Uh, 
he took the trappings, he took the bits of the Roman Empire that 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 appealed to him um, in the same way that other fascist states have um, Nazi Germany, for example, they pick the bits of uh, the Roman Empire that they think works with the message that they try to send to their people. Of course, I have discussed in our previous episode about Teutoburg Forest, Ehrman or Arminius became very much part of the Nazi propaganda, how he was, you know, defying the, the Italians, and how he became kind of a hero in Nazi propaganda. He did, uh, b- 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 but the point to make here, um, which I find fascinating, is that there was no unified Nazi propaganda. So they used Arminius when it was useful for them to do so, but they also used Roman uh, elements when it was useful to do that. There was a uh, terrifying pragmatism to what they were trying to do. Now, I think we're going to run it up there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to say that it's the Roman Empire will not most likely never go away, and it hasn't gone away. And even after its fall and in the medieval era, it still hasn't gone away, and it's still with us. And the legacy of the Roman Empire will always be there, in like you said, thought about very much in this episode. But before you go, do you have anything you want to promote on your social media? Thank you so much for coming back on. It's been a pleasure to do this with you. Do you have anything on your social media or anything you link to want to put in the description of this episode? No, just thank you very much for having me on the show again. In, my name is Alan. This has been Vandatish. Well, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts these days. If you are on Apple Podcasts, consider writing a review of our podcast that can help us out a lot. If you are on Spotify, give us five stars. And um, I hope you enjoyed this extra episode. This is the first time we've done this. Possibly if I still find something intriguing that becomes popular popular in popular culture that I want to cover a bit history that is history related. I might do something like this again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please like, share and subscribe. And I'll see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.